Cindy here, Utah Royals FC show. I'm joined today by Lucas. Well, as joined as, you know, joined virtually, social distance, very far away. <laughs> how are you, Lucas? I'm good. And just so listeners know, this is no different from how we normally <laughs> record. Uh, it's true. We it's always true. record remotely. Someday yeah. when you're out here, we need to do an in-person podcast. But, I know. We should. Uh, yeah. I know. I just wanted to reassure people that we didn't just decide to hang out and record. (laughs) But yeah, um, seemed like a good time to get one of these out. I think the last time we chatted was a month ago. Uh, Almost three weeks. It was like March 20 something-ish. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah. And that was like when the first wave of things were kind of happening i think they were still talking about the olympics happening but Mm. hadn't made a definite decision at that point that's right the timeline is all skewed in my mind i know we probably talked about becky um (laughs) that lady who used to wear number four i i made uh one of those like pick your quarantine houses for um, Utah Royals players. And like, of course, like I used like Brooke Elby was in there, like people who have long since moved on. Mm. Um, so obviously like you got to include Sarah Brun and of course, like a Timbers <laughs> like fan responded to me. Like she doesn't play for your team anymore. She's a thorn. <laughs> Sorry. I said Timbers. I mean, thorns. Uh, oh, I was like, like, yeah. yeah, I know she's not here anymore, but she is. She was our captain for years. Greatest headed goal ever. Legend. Mm-hmm. Legend of Utah. Yeah. She will. If there is ever a Mount Salt Lake City more, she will be on it. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to think who else that would you put on there other than just national team players? <laughs> if you have like a Utah Royals Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Who would you put? Obviously, Becky. Um, Gotta be the new captain. Yeah, for sure. Press, maybe. Yep, yeah. O'Hara. O'Hara. And <laughs> just U.S. Women's National Team players. O'Hara, who's played like 12 games total. Yeah, but they were great. They were great. All recovering from injury. It's true. I'm like, if any player comes back injured, I'm going to be questioning their lives. <laughs> Yeah. After this, after this hiatus, hiatus, hi, yeah, hiatus. Yeah, that word. Hmm. Yeah, you know. I think that's what you said. I think yeah, that's that's what I was trying to say. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it does seem it is a chance for some some important recovery, like especially for the U.S. women's national team players who have just been going kind of forever nonstop this might be a good thing yeah i mean yeah probably a lot of a lot of time off to spend it with the loved ones and the kids and read some books um yeah it's been yeah hope everyone is doing well staying healthy staying safe uh practicing the good social distance that we are recommended to do. So, um, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it this week. 
and the season would start on Saturday. Yeah, I actually was supposed to be on a flight in a couple hours to Portland for the mm. season opener. Man, yeah, I was. And then everything just changed with this little tiny virus that's kind of ruining a lot of people's lives. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like life just feels very, very different, you know? It's. Mm-hmm. At, at the beginning, you were like, oh, man, no soccer. And every sports fan in those world was like, what? And then as like this continues, you're like, yeah, I think people matter a little bit more than a soccer game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's – I think it's fine and normal to miss sports. Like mm-hmm. it's an important part of lives. It's the sense of comfort. But, I, you know – it seems like everyone, for the most part, is doing okay with the aspect of like, mm-hmm. hey, we can kind of be stuck at home home and be bored, mm-hmm. um, and it's just not worth the risk. Right. And even, you know, should life get back to normal sometime this summer, and by normal, you kind of have to put quotation marks because um, it may be a longer haul, but even just right now, the idea of being in a crowded stadium is daunting. Yeah. You know, like I even being in a crowded airplane, you think about how being surrounded by people and, and going to a stadium and, you know, sitting so close to people was the norm. And mm-hmm. I think I think it's going to take a little while for some of us to be like, is this okay? Yeah, I mean, I feel a little bit stressed out going to the grocery store. The idea of being like at Rio Tinto Stadium with 10,000 other people doesn't seem great. (laughs) No, it's like I think some of us may not experience like COVID-19 and, and, you know, we – I am thankfully not. My family's fine. You know, friends are fine. I'm doing well, but – um, we haven't been impacted, but I think the whole, I think, you know, it's like when people le- live through these time and experiences, it sticks with them. Like, it's not something that's going to be easy. Like, we're not, we're not going to go back into, you know, normal mode. Let's go sit in a soccer game with, you know, 10,000 fans. No way. You're, it's going to take a while. Yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I, I mean, um, on the Equalizer podcast, um, they were talking about um, is the NWSL league that, you know, it is pretty heavily dependent on um, match day revenue. But since all sports are canceled, like, let's say in six weeks, 12 weeks, you know, a little bit down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could they resume with no fans and be one of the first sports back? Because I think right now, if there's a single soccer fan in the U S and there's one league playing, even with no fans, people would watch. Oh yeah. Um, Like there would be a risk of, you know, teammates, players, staff would have to be somewhat close, but it seems like if we're kind of past the, the main danger zone, Mm-hmm. Um, like you can mitigate some of that risk, and mm-hmm. then that could be 
an opportunity um, to have some good exposure to the league, it does seem like you'd have to put in a lot of safety measures um, mm-hmm. because it would still be inherently a little bit risky. But I'm curious if something like that could work because, hmm. you know, like that, the last live soccer game I watched was the W League final. And like that mm-hmm. was so fun to watch, even though it had only been about a week since other sports were canceled. Um, people are hungry for. I think any live action and, you know, I wonder if that could be an opportunity for the NWSL. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Um, yeah. Very, very, or you could also look at it from like, you know, I don't have money to go watch a game. <laughs> um, cause there's the economic economic impact for people. So, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying. So, yeah, speaking of the NWSL, um, so on April 4th, the NWSL extended its training moratorium until May 5th, um, which I'm guessing that will be extended again. Um, thoughts? Yeah, um, that's the right call. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think... That would be fantastic if it mm-hmm. made fifth. It was like, okay, this is safe. I don't think we're going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, RSL chief business officer Andy Carroll was had told um, like a fan town hall a couple of days ago that, um, you know, the people he's been in contact with from local uh, authorities here in the state of Utah think the peak is going to be like in in May. And mm-hmm. so if it's any time in May, like that seems unrealistic um, to, to come back that soon. I mean, that's, that's two weeks away, mm-hmm. essentially. That seems crazy unlikely that in mm-hmm. two weeks it's going to be safe to have people like that. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I think – I wonder if that falls in line a little bit with the president's desire to start to move towards reopening. Yeah the country in May 1st, but that also seems crazy unlikely to me. Yeah. It's, yeah, it does seem crazy. So maybe it gets pushed to June. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild that, you know, it seems like they're taking it month by month because, and we know every information we get, everything is going to, change you know the next day so um yeah i mean that's it's such a hard place to be as a league as teams because you don't want to be like my company is a tech company we have the advantage of just saying hey we're going to work from home indefinitely we have that kind of flexibility mm -hmm. um we don't really have to miss a beat as a business because we're it's not that often that you know there's a necessity to be face to face with people um, but it's totally different in the world of sports. If you can't say, Hey, we're going to put everything on hold until August, because, you know, if things are safe in June and July, you know, that is missed, um, essential, yeah, missed revenue. That's really essential to keep your league and your team afloat. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we keep doing the situation of they, they put down these dates, we get a little bit close to the date and they're pushed back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
So definitely, definitely not. <laughs> um, was that mean? Nope, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I muted all my notifications. Um, so the good news as we go through this craziness, no player in the NWSL has t- tested positive for COVID-19, I think. Uh, every player remains in market, except like the national team players. Um, just kind of wait and see. Yep. Wait and see. So with that... And we talked about the NWSL. So the the date that's been thrown out that a potential start for the NWSL season to start is June 27th, 2020. This is according to NWSL Commissioner Lisa Baird. Um, Obviously, that's the plan. Again, that could change. And like I said, it will probably likely change um or um i've seen various ideas for this it could start um it could start without fans it could get pushed so if it is to start at the end of june it would be a shorter season there's 20 games 10 home games 10 road games Instead of the 24-game season, 12 at home, 12 away. But there's a potential that COVID-19 may still be lingering. So do you play without fans? What's what's the option? Um, Lucas, you mentioned that, you know, if they are the only league to come back, they'll get that, you know, viewership. But at the same time, there are people who get put at risk, you know, game staff. We don't know how the traveling is going to look like by then. Um, I don't know. So how thoughts on that date thoughts on what the season could look like is, is playing without fans a good option is putting even the players at, and at risk, like, put them at a potential risk to contract this if they're still if this virus is still lingering yeah that's such a hard balance there um because it seems like until there's a vaccine there will always there is going to be a risk of interacting with people um and so i think playing without fans if if the best course of action is to sort of sort of reopen things in like in our country, in the world in waves, maybe playing without fans is a good option. Um, I think as a fan of sports teams, like I would rather watch them on TV than not at all. Um, I don't think it would be, you know, there, there were problems in like Europe where they were suspending um, gameplay because of COVID-19 and fans were still showing up in mass outside the stadium. I don't think we would have that problem in the U.S. Um, I, I really can't imagine a situation where there's hundreds of people outside of Rio Tinto just because there's a game happening. I think, um, like, we don't have ultras. Like, it's a different, it's a different kind of level of fan experience. Um, 
and I think people would be happy to watch watch at home it, rather than not at all. I think that means hopefully there's some TV revenue coming in for the team, for the league. Um, but there's still an inherent risk of those players could get sick. Game day staff could get sick. Um, it's, it's kind of a risk. And I don't know if that, like, I don't want to make the decision of, is that worth taking or not? Um, it seems like it's probably better to err on the side of caution than to rush back and put players, put you know people at risk. Yeah. So I was actually going to do kind of a piece for Soapbox, but I got a little busy this week and, um, with taxes. <laughs> um, and then I realized the tax season was extended. But um, – <laughs> But I think I'd rather get them done now than I knew I will procrastinate until July 15th. I know it. <laughs> but I was thinking, I'm like, well, let's start. Yes, that is the hope. At this point, is it even worth starting? Um, as much as I want to watch soccer like everybody else, as much as I want to get life back to normal, I just don't think that there should be an NWSL season. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. That's big. I know. And, you know, here's my thought. We've gone, if you think back, you know, way before we were all born, <laughs> probably like before our grandparents were born, you think about – I don't remember that, but go on. <laughs> I thought you would have some memory, but I guess you don't. You know, like World War II, there were no sports season that year. Um I believe there was a few, maybe a year or two. I haven't checked my history books, but I'm pretty sure like baseball didn't happen for, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, English football was certainly interrupted. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been times where humanity has gone without sports because obviously there are greater matters at hand. And right now it is, you know, everyone surviving this world pandemic. So, you know, I, I just, it's so hard for me to imagine any sort of sport or any sort of public gathering happening for the next few months, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry to get so dark and sad and no, I mean, it's it's sort of the unique reality of our time. I, I think, you know, um, things will return to normal. Um, my fear is, you know, the NWSL is not the most secure league in the world. Um, I would hate for it to, to not survive this pandemic mm-hmm. um, because that could be a very real possibility. Uh, I think the Royals are in a good place of being a secure team. I don't know if like, frankly, not every team is, has an MLS ownership attached to it. Um, that gives it a lot of infrastructure and security. Um, hopefully there would be like government assistance for, for that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do know that, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but there were furloughs with RSL, um, which also affects the Royals, one organization. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Andy Carroll, the chief business officer for the RSL organization, um, said that they did not qualify for um, government assistance, which is <laughs> could change. Um, there will be more stimulus pa- packages coming, but man, that would suck to see the NWSL not not make it through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that valid fear as well. Obviously, the stronger leagues, leagues will come back from this. NFL, no season. Oh, they have bajillions of money. Um, mm-hmm. NBA, you know, if they never pick up the season, bajillion, you know. So, yeah, there's that potential that this could, in the end, hurt the league for sure. And I'm sure all the those options are being weighed, but yeah, yeah it's it's tough, man, because you just don't know what where this thing is going to go or what's going to happen, and it's just weird, strange times, you know. It is, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, will the season start? Wait and see. Wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do you want to talk uh, Development Academy for a minute? Yeah, which I think I've been out of the loop because you got to share. What, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, uh, Paul Oreo and Sam Stachel of um, The Athletic um, have reported that U.S. soccer is um, USSF is going to shut down the development academy program for both boys and girls. Um, so I, I don't really know the, the history of the DA, but um, uh, I believe both RSL and the Royals Academies play, and so um, playing the DA, and the the season was cut short because of COVID nineteen, um, and that's fine kind of to be expected but then uh ussf went kind of a step further and shut down the program entirely um now it's a pretty significant program across the nation um i'm not super familiar with the inner workings of it but for the royals they do have um utah royals fc arizona development academy um and it seems like now that they are that club is going to be without a league which is really significant and worrisome um um uh the athletic said in recent months multiple clubs have left the girls da to join the elite clubs nation league uh, a competing organization founded in 2009 and so that could be a possibility that um urfc az could join there um but it's yeah, it's a little bit troubling to see the development academy, which I know people have varied opinions on. Again, I'm not an expert on development academies, but um, was a way that um, teams got a lot of play. I know MLS teams academies play in the DA, um, and so that's going to mean some very substantial changes for um, where RSL and URFC academy teams play going forward. Hmm. 
So what does this mean for the Royals? Um, well, right now their only academy is that one in Arizona. Um, um, and they're essentially without a league. Um, they have some time to figure this out because no one's playing right now anyway. Um, I, I really should reach out to the club for comment about how this affects them. But when I interviewed Stephanie Lee um, a couple months ago, she mm. one of the big points that they talked about was wanting to do um, more youth development. That's part of like Amy LaPelvitz's role. They hired someone else. Like, I'm blanking on her name right now, but she mm. has been involved in local club soccer for a long time. She's from Utah. Mm. Um, so they certainly want to make more of a push. Maybe this shakeup helps them um, because they're not, you know, the ecosystem's already changing. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, it could be a problem that, you know, they've got an academy in Arizona that doesn't have a league. Mm. Man, I, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Because they were like, that's definitely going to affect youth development um yeah it's it's an interesting point because um the royals you know haven't had any academy products sign professional contracts um and so i'm curious how this disruption changes that um and maybe maybe honestly it's not a big problem because they can still do their development thing Mm -hmm. and all these clubs for the most part will continue to exist. They just have to either Mm -hmm. form a new league or join a different existing league. Like I think it'll be okay. It just means they're going to have to adapt and find something new. Okay. Yeah. Wild. Yep. Hmm. Especially when you think about, you know, how Utah wanted to focus more on like that, youth development stuff. Yeah, times are changing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's unfortunate. Um, so let's talk about, let's shift gear to actual Utah news here. Um, I think the big thing um, that has to deal with the organization as a whole, not necessarily Utah Royals, but I'm assuming some Utah staff was impacted by this as well, was the furloughs uh, that RSL did last week. Is this when it happened? Yes. Um, At this point, it was, yeah, what was it? Monday of last week? Yeah. Um, It was Monday or Tuesday last week. They furloughed a portion of their staff. Um, and so, uh, they sent out an email to, um, uh, they sent out a press release and in that press release, they said, um, Real Salt Lake. And by that, they mean the, the whole organization. So RSL, the Monarchs, Utah Royals, etc. Um, like there would be, uh, there would furlough staff and ex- essentially existing like all employees and remaining staff would receive a pay cut. Um, I was messaging with uh, an employee throughout the day and um, 
he said he heard a lot of people be laid off, like not even furloughed, but essentially just fired, um, which is troubling um, because if you're furloughed, that essentially means when this phase of lack of revenue mm-hmm. ends, your job, you can come back to your job. Um, if mm. you're laid off, like you just don't have a job mm. and that is really hard right now. Um mm-hmm. The sports teams are certainly not looking to hire. A lot of companies aren't looking to hire. Um, seems like if you're furloughed, at least you have that to sort of hold on to and look forward to in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's definitely hard in the club to not have revenue from match days for, you know, from RSL, the Monarchs, or Utah Royals. But also, I would imagine that merchandise sales in general are way down, like a probably people aren't going out to rush Mm. to like rush out and buy merchandise because everyone's worried about money and people aren't really going out. Um, So um, yeah. So I think it's a pretty bad look from the club. I I don't know of any other MLS teams that have done this to this level. Um, Mm -mm. I believe Minnesota United, Minnesota United, um, told like match day employees like they they wouldn't be helping them or something i don't know if they did furloughs of full-time staff um but it seems pretty extensive for rsl Um, yeah yeah i think the only other instance i heard about was potentially minnesota united but they also got some backlash from that Mm -hmm. um and then I think North Carolina, but they're they're a USL club, so that's to be expected. I don't know. I think, yeah, I, yeah. It's like I don't know finances, but I am assuming that RSL has a lot of money. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a that's the thing. I don't. I doubt that the organization itself does, but. When you have a billionaire owner who has poured a lot of money into into the organization, and I think that's like really commendable, building the academy in Harriman, bringing on an NWSL team in the last couple of years, bringing in a USL team a few years before that, um, like that's great. Um, Andy Carroll talked about how he's will pour in millions of dollars this year. But I feel like it's just a really bad look to to do that, but not pay your staff, um, especially last year when he spent one point three million dollars on um, a rare dime. He spent two point nine million dollars on a rare like dollar coin. Hmm. Um, Must be nice. Yeah, that that would be great to be in that position, but you <laughs> could just not buy one of those coins and probably pay your staff for you know hmm. several months easily. Yeah. Um, so it seems like a really bad look. I mean, I know people online are pretty upset, and I think rightly so, um, mm-hmm. that you have a billion a billionaire owner who's willing to spend a lot of money on the team, and then for some reason is just unwilling to, you know, pay your employees. And and we know people who have been mm-hmm. furloughed, and that's that's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can obviously. I think that's what I'm trying to like understand is if you can budget f- 
for <laughs> if you can budget to you know for an off season why not why don't you have room for this i don't know i also heard that the rsl players were willing to give up part of their salary so this doesn't happen is this true um that's what i've heard uh what that what i've heard there is that RSL players were willing to give up, I think, a couple of months' worth of salary essentially to um, pay the staff so staff could receive like their normal pay. Right. Um, super commendable. I think that got shut down. I don't know by who. I, I've heard mm. the league. I think that gets a little bit dicey, uh, you know, when Deloitte Hansen is paying the league to pay you. And then you're having to pay back Deloitte Hansen to pay his employees. Like hmm. it is kind of odd. It's, but I mean, you would hope that the league uh, would still approve that as these are kind of strange yeah. times and rare hmm. circumstances. And um, yeah, but you know, people who, who really need it. Yeah. Did uh, Petkey get some severance from his firing? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know that. Um, <laughs> he had to, right? I don't know. He was offered severance of about a hundred thousand dollars that I think he rejected in or in order to like pursue getting mm. a payout of the remainder of his contract, which I think was in the neighborhood of like eight hundred thousand um, dollars. Mm. So uh, I know there's some an update on that lawsuit in the last couple of weeks, but um, yeah, you know, you know, it's a, it's a weird situation. Hmm. And like, well, a lot of these sports teams sure have a lot of money to pay the coaches they fire, um, but you can't yeah. do that for little people. Nope. Kind of wild. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Um. Yeah, well, that stinks. Well, obviously, for those furloughed, that stinks. And obviously, for the laid-off one as well, it just stinks so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, a part of me is like, um, I think sports teams make their own money, you know, like airlines. I'm like, why are you getting help from the government? Um that should be maybe reserved for the actual people themselves, you know? Yeah. You know, not to get political, but that's, I'm like, hmm, help a multi-billion dollar company or an average person who's struggling to keep the, you know, utilities on and buy groceries. Hmm. I know. I That's like, I really hope there's, government assistance for everyone who has been furloughed um because I, I know under some of the existing rules like not everyone has been there long enough to qualify mm -hmm. uh, but with you know so many people being let go mm. um i think they've relaxed some of those things but i'm not totally sure how that all works um, mm. but like i think you're right i think it would be better if um some of these you know some of these government dollars would go directly to, to people rather than um, corporations. Right. Um, but we know that doesn't happen in capitalism. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, any 
anything else on that on on the that whole no i i don't know i it's overall it feels disappointing um Mm -hmm. like i understand that sports is a business um and it's one that's not going to see profits for most of the year probably um but regardless like I might feel different if um, Dave Checkets, who was the, the original founder of RSL, whose pockets mm-hmm. were not nearly as deep as Deloy Hansen's, um, mm-hmm. if he was the owner and, you know, didn't have the money to spend, I, I actually don't know how much money he has, but, you know, genuinely didn't have the money to spend to um, cover the staff versus Deloy Hansen is worth between three and $4 billion, could mm-hmm. easily, easily cover everyone's paychecks like for the year mm-hmm. um and it would affect his life probably in no significant way whatsoever mm-hmm. um and you know they made this furlough announcement the same day atlanta united announced that they would mm-hmm. they were guaranteeing jobs for all their employees yeah so definitely the option is like i think it's a matter of will not so much can't um yeah that's really what it comes down to. It's like, yeah, so far you're the only club who has done this. Um, everybody else is keeping their staff. Mm-hmm. Wild. Yeah, definitely not a good look. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so kind of heard some news this week, a rumor out of French Twitter. Um, I'm, I haven't, I think because the season is not happening, I'm not on Twitter as often because it's really just sad and, uh, that's where I would get all my soccer news. But I was, the other day I just happened to check and I saw this, um, somebody tweeted about, they had heard, they had seen a rumor that two very big European soccer players, uh, could be transferring to Utah during the transfer window. Ooh. I know. Uh, goalkeeper Sarah Buhadi. I think that's how you say her name. And Jennifer Marozan. Did I say that right? Marozan? I think so. Okay. Uh, she's plays the German national team. Mm-hmm. So they they both play for Olympique Lyon, that cool French club that you know, it's like the super club of women's football in Europe. Um, yeah. So the, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, is this a rumor? Is this people making stuff up? But actually, um, somebody kind of did tip me about a month ago about uh, Buhadi. And then kind of heard some things on Marazan as well. I maybe have heard similar things. Yep, yep. So, you know, you hear it, you're like, no way. Like, there's no way that happens. So you're like, okay, wait and see. Um, but this rumor was first reported in the French site Le Equipere. I don't speak French. So it's a great publication. <laughs> really? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Anyway, so they are preparing to leave Olympic Lyonnais for a transfer to the United States, most likely to Utah Royals FC. Um, 
I asked somebody who knows some people who is well in the know with Leon, uh, and they also confirmed that they had heard the same. Um, and you've got to remember, you know, you're like, okay, seems like a very far-fetched rumor. But um, the last time we kind of heard a f- rumor out of France and reports was when Amanita Diallo was going to join Utah Rails FC. Sure enough, she did end up joining. So I don't think our French friends are playing with us. I think this could have some real potential. Yeah, I think there is some real legs to this rumor. Um, it's something that we have both heard for a while. Um, doesn't mean it'll get done. Um, but I think there's certainly interest from from the club. And this would be these would be some big signings. Yeah. It's so funny because when I a lot of Portland fans are like, Are you kidding me? We just got Becky. So a lot of Portland fans would not be very happy with this. So I'm kinda that's why I'm kinda I am hoping that it really does happen more to get under yeah. Portland's skin. <laughs> yeah, I mean they took Becky, they can go now. Yeah. So Thank you next. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I um it is crazy to think that we'll have five players coming from Europe. Two of which are Americans, but uh, with um, uh, Taylor Leach and Chesley mm. Struther. No idea. Um, Struther. Um, mm. And then, yeah, Diallo, uh, Buhari, and uh, Marzin. Um, mm. If those three, like, well, those last two, like, happen, you know, that that's mm. – they've played at big clubs. I mean, mm-hmm. both – um, those last two anyway consistent with their national teams um, what do you think like how do you think these two players would fit in on the field oh man I well they're both huge I mean they're I feel bad for Abby Smith because and Nicole Barnhard because they definitely are going to hang out on the, on the bench if uh, who is it so, oh yeah, no, it's it would be huge signings. Um, so you think Buhari would be an automatic starter over Smith or Barney? Oh, oh yeah. There is no way you come from Europe. You know, to ride the bench. Yeah, <laughs> no way. Like you can stay with your super club and ride the bench there better, but there is no way you come to Utah to do that. So um, we got nice benches out here. <laughs> So I've seen. Um, And obviously, Marozan would be huge in the midfield because that's been the the huge weakness for – can you imagine that? I Just just give us – Her creating for like press and A-Rod would be insane. Oh, my gosh. And like I think that also would free up Vero a little bit and just let Mm -hmm. her – you know, do some like flicks and tricks and um, be a little bit more free in the attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just... Mm. It would be very exciting. And this might make up for everything the stupid virus has done to our lives. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but it, it would... This would be nice in the, you know, in the world of sport. Listen, um, after losing Becky... We need 
we need some hope in our lives. Just saying. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, I know. I mean, she's um, Marzen's twenty-seven. Mm. Regular in Germany, regular mm. for uh, Leon. Like that's. Mm. I mean, the Royals are a team that want to be the best women's club team in the world. Um, this certainly doesn't make them that. Um, but it does feel like Diallo, I feel like was a solid signing, not necessarily like a game changer. Whereas, um, Marzan does feel like she could be that player for the team. Yeah, there is, there's, yeah, just, just would be awesome. I think, I think Utah would with those two, Utah would, I mean, like, would be the team to watch out for. Do you, so, yeah, do you think that put some, like, that these two signings would put them on par with, say, North Carolina? Pretty close. Uh, definitely over Portland and Chicago. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, Chicago lost their one good uh, player. Yeah. So. They've got more than that. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously Utah would be using allocation money to attract these major international players. Um, not only that, but also fans from Europe who are, you know, if the yeah. NWSL wants to be the best league in the world, and competitively it's known to be the most competitive league in the world, like adding these two players will definitely attract some attention from the overseas club, I mean, like, crowd. and So it'd be cool. But again, we wait and see because everything is on hold. Uh, We probably wouldn't see them until the uh, summer transfer window, which is summertime. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what what is the transfer window right now? Is there one open? I don't think so. I think it's typically – I'm trying to just remember if it's does it go by the European transfer window or the American? And you got to remember that press couldn't join until the summer transfer window. So I want to say June. Yeah. Hmm. May June. I think. I think that's maybe considered the summer transfer window. Yeah. It, yeah. You're right. Um. Because the winter one is already closed. It looks like it closed yeah. in January. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. We wait and see. Hmm. And obviously they could sign and wouldn't join until, you know, the season starts in 2079. But Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, if if there is, like if the season happens and it's just very game heavy at the back into the game like they could play most games potentially yeah yeah so that'd be huge that would be huge and exciting so we'll definitely keep a look you know uh, a whole we'll definitely keep following this because right now it's just a rumor and it's not if we definitely try to contact the club they're not going to tell us anything <laughs> yeah Um. so Kind of cool. 
kind of exciting to have some soccer news this week dealing with these players and it made Portland nervous, Portland fan nervous. So that's even, that's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, any final thoughts on that, Lucas? I don't think so. I'm just excited to see what happens there. No. That would just make all the dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got some listener questions. Um, I think we talked. Aaron asked thoughts on what the season could look like. I'm curious if the 10 home, 10 road schedule is just a rumor and what it would do to the league to exclude fans. Um, yeah, I mean, if the season starts in June, definitely shorter games because the season was already going into November, so you can't mm-hmm. extend it beyond that. So whenever it starts – It'll be a short season, so if it yeah. starts, yeah. And there will be, there's going to be scheduling difficulties because, you know, Sky Blue moved to Red Bull Arena, and mm. if the NWSL is going to restart, like, MLS is going to restart as well, mm-hmm. um, which means Red Bulls are going to want to play at their stadium, so mm-hmm. um, same here in Utah, same in mm-hmm. Portland. Um so that is going to be a challenge, but I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they can work it out. Um, but I think it might be a lot of double game weeks and a lot of weird like times and, you know, might be a handful of like Sunday games or Friday games, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the easiest thing to do is whenever it starts, you forget about all the games before and just start to where that game was supposed to be. So whoever they were supposed to play on June twenty seventh weekend, that's that's where it starts. Like, forget about the past, you know, two months. Best case, I think, best case scenario if that's. Yeah, I think I would probably try to do double game weeks, if possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I th- I think it would be really it would be great to keep the same schedule, but I think you'd get far too few games in, and right. if you were too kind of beef it up with some more midweek things maybe Mm -hmm. that helps recover some of those games Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we did talk about what it would do if what it would do to exclude the fans yeah i I think i think right now individual you know people's safety is number one so i think i would rather I don't know. Part of me was like, I would just have soccer. I don't care if there's no fans. But then I'm like, I feel like crowds, the fans, is what makes a game. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my thought on that. Um, Yeah, Jeff. Oh, I was just going to ask the next question. Oh, go for it. Um. Tank H777 on Twitter asked, <laughs> Marzan coming? She's amazing. The midfield with her and Vero and Diallo would be awesome. I also love the way Abby Smith plays, but what happens if Ruhadi is coming? Yeah. I think we kind of talked about that, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's both exciting, and I think Ruhadi would probably be a great addition, but, you know, this fan is formally Big Smith, big Abby Smith fans. Uh She's come on several times and has always mm-hmm. been 
like to talk to. Um, mm. I would, I would absolutely hate another year of her not playing a game. That would just be terrible. I think if that yeah. were the case, I, I think for her benefit, I would hope um, she gets a move um, because she's a good player and more games is what she needs at this point in her career. Yeah. And she wants to play like, you know, probably hearing these rumors is like, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I, I don't think that Utah needs Buhati. Um, honestly. Um, mm. Maro's done for sure. Maro's on for sure. But, um, yeah. But I, I think, I think Abby's like a good goalkeeper that she could hold like her own. So, yeah. Thoughts? Um, no, I think, I think I agree with that. Like, I think. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Buhari would, you know, um, I think Barney is a little bit past her prime. She is probably better than Barney is in this moment. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just think about, like, it would be rough for Smith. I don't really want to see that. Yeah, I know. I think because... We have a special place in our hearts for Abby Smith. Part of me is like, no, oh, you don't need her. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Um, Allie asks, can we do a fun soccer hypothetical? Which URFC RSL players would you pick as your starting six on an indoor team? Uh, she would go with Smith as the goalkeeper, defenders O'Hara and Glad. Center forward, Captain A-Rod. Forward, Rover, whatever he wants, Beckerman. Forward, who is that? Um, Crylock. Oh, Crylock. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I came up with the six that I think could be fun. Um, and maybe I'll do this. And if you want to think, I don't know, you're probably not that familiar with RSL players. Uh, no. <laughs> but if you want to give it a shot. Um, I mean, so- sure. I would also go Abby Smith in goal um, because I would love to see her play again and also haven't been that impressed with um, Zach McMath yet. Um, Mm. But, you know, he's got time. He can turn it around. Um, And then for my one defender, my sweeper, I'd put um, uh, Nedim Inuoha. Um, So have him back as kind of the central defender. And then in the midfield, I would have – Everton Luis and he just can roam and defend and destroy as he loves to do mm-hmm. with Arrow kind of being the playmaker, creative attacker. And then I would have um, Christian Press and Giuseppe Rossi um, as my attackers. And I think mm-hmm. those two have kind of a similar style, but I think it would work. I think they both have um, a lot of skill and finesse and on an indoor team, I think they would just destroy. Yeah. I yeah. like that question. That's fun. That is a fun question. Good job, Allie. Yeah. We can keep like, it light. <laughs> keep it light. <laughs> I would do Smith, um, O'Hara. 
I would just do all Royals players because I know their game. <laughs> Smith, O'Hara, Corsi is at three. I would do Scott and then Preston and Rod. That's six. Yeah, that works. And, yeah. And then, you know, some RSL guys can go on the bench to help out. <laughs> Wise move. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's all. I think that's, that's all we got. Cool. Uh, well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Wash those hands. Social distance is wise. And uh, hopefully in the next episode we'll have more more info. So, yeah. Thanks again for listening. Take care, friends. <laughs>